because uh, everything is happening so quickly nowadays and you have to understand that about globalization everything is becoming more and more interconnected all the way from team level up to how organizations and um, companies collaborate on a global scale so looking at the entire system as you said Moad, i think it's becoming more and more important agile amp shares stories of bringing agility and humanity into the workplace and beyond Inspiring and provocative voices speak on topics from technology to business to living change. Dedicated to building a more agile world, Agile Amped is brought to you by Accenture. Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode from Agile Amped. Thank you for tuning in to the previous discussions and episodes. Thanks for your feedback, thanks for listening. We've been enjoying all the sharing and the likes and the comments, uh, the encouragement are coming through from LinkedIn and other platforms. So thank you again for being a true fan to the podcast. Today we'll bring you a new episode and we'll bring you a new guest as always. We have Mika Into. Hello, Mika. Hello, Rod. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. It's Friday morning. It's looking looking okay outside hopefully that the weather will warm up both here in the uk and sweden by the weekend yeah yeah for sure here we have had um, sunny for i don't know a month now it feels like it seems it won't disappear but once it does uh, <laughs> it will go away for a long time nice mika listen let's introduce you to our audiences from an accenture perspective uh, if you want to find me you will uh, look in the technology cloud first business agility part of the organization and uh, what i'm bringing in here today is uh, how to bridge the gap or the understanding of how agile and sustainability ties together hoping to clarify and explore a lot with you more nice nice lovely yes let's yeah let's talk about agility and sustainability right like from an external perspective a listener might come to the, the subject and perhaps the first thing that jumps to their mind is why the two where do you see the the connection there and, and why should we talk about this more often good question i think that i look at it from the contribute with two perspectives for me sustainability is a lot about tying it to the sustainability development goals, meaning what kind of outcomes, what kind of impact do we want to create in the world, uh, in the organization, uh, for people uh, in general, and also for all the species. Um, and I see agile, how however we want to define it, it's being more and more commoditized, but I see it as a way of working to help achieve those goals and it could be I'm trying to look at it from a scaling perspective as well like how how do you work agile in teams how do you work agile in an organization how can you work agile uh, over societies and uh, partnerships uh, as well to um, collaborate because it's it's such a complex system I mean, the humans, the organizations, and the world we live in that is accelerating more and more with generative AI, with uh, um, a lot of technologies uh, just pushing us uh, further and further. Um, so just to summarize, I see 
the sustainability aspect of it as what we want to achieve, the agile as a ways to get there. So let's unpack that a little bit more. One way you could look at sustainability, can we actually have a sustained pace, right? Just from a delivery standpoint and yeah. ways of working, yeah. etc. But what are the other lenses that you see into that philosophy, if you like? What can we add to it? You know, you mentioned lots of things in their society, humans, um, ecosystems. I like to look at it from two perspectives. Usually the traditional point of looking at sustainability is how are companies minimizing their risks? How can they minimize their uh, costs and stuff like that? This focus on a problem mitigation, seeing the company as a problem and then trying to uh, uh, just do less of what is the problem. The other interesting aspect is to look at the company as a solution provider. Instead of risks, looking at opportunities, it's, it's not either or. I would say start with the first and then build up on the other. But also not just what costs can we reduce, but what kind of green revenues can we catch? How can we as a company add more to society and the world? And at the same time, bring less harm or bring minimize the negative footprint, what I tried to talk about. You can always talk about the handprint and the footprint. And the footprint is usually what we call the bad stuff. And the handprint is what we call the good stuff. And sometimes when you try to balance these things and you have net positive or a profitable sum of, of this, you can talk about the hard print. It's, it's not a very wide known concept but uh, it kind of talks about profitable impact in, in some sense and not from an economical point of view it could be that as well but that we add more to the world than we take out of it it's like a systems thinking what are the other levers that comes into the picture and how we can uh, how we can make the system sustainable um for the employees for the for you know the entire value chain if you like I like what you what you added there about the systems thinking, this way of looking at everything from a holistic point of view, and that's what I wanted to bring in here. And uh, it's about understanding the context, is the complex, like with the Canadian network framework, because uh, everything is happening so quickly nowadays, and you have to understand that about globalization, everything is becoming more and more interconnected all the way from team level up to how organizations and um, companies collaborate on a global scale. So looking at the entire system, as you said, Moald, I think it's becoming more and more important. And there are, I think, also more and more MBAs coming, which are geared towards systems thinking or complexes, adaptive systems, learnings and uh, focus. Nice. And you also, you talked about regeneration and how we should actually think beyond sustainability. So like, I was like, hold on, we're still trying to crack this whole sustainability thing, but you're just a little bit ahead of that and you're thinking regeneration. So can you just tell us a little bit more about that? You know, how do you see this coming together? Yeah, for sure. And it's not my... uh own thoughts. A lot of esteemed people have talked about this for ages, but what happened with sustainability was that it got a lot of traction during COVID and people are still getting used to what is sustainability. So just normalizing it 
the way we did in the beginning of uh, of this pod was very good, I think. Um, and regeneration is basically about about this concept also closely to net positive. How how can we add more? Not just about sustaining something. How can we make it even better, more attractive? Uh, I always like this um, quote by uh, Buckminster Fuller, who says. Uh, Instead of focusing on improving the existing model, make a new model that is more attractive, better in every way, because that makes the old model obsolete because everyone wants to go to the new model. So instead of focusing on our current systems, how can we create the new, more attractive systems that we want to pursue? And in that, regeneration is one part. Sometimes I talk about regeneration in the same aspect, renewability. If you want an example, it's about you can look at solar, wind, and battery, and what Tesla does so about this system shift towards electrification. Uh, it, it's it's not about being in this old system of uh, having a combustion engine driving around, but how do you create an entirely new ecosystem built entirely based on electricity with cars, with batteries, with solar, with wind, and power cells and everything like that? So thinking in this new about being a solution provider as i talked about earlier yeah and so instead of being in this old system of thinking how can we how can we mitigate this system and, and improve it to, because it's about incremental innovation there when you instead go to a new system you can think more transformatively how how, how can we reshape the entire way we live our lifestyles and everything these are mega ideas and, and, and initiatives, right? And and this takes a lot of resource capital, finance capital, you know, for businesses to regenerate, to, to be sustainable, to move from one place to where you're potentially asking everyone to be. What are some of practical strategic levers that businesses can lean on to, to start that journey? I think a lot uh, about it comes down to what, what is pushing them as well. Uh, right now in the EU, uh, in the beginning of the year, we had this new directive under the Green Deals called CSRD. And it's basically pushing uh, the boards to include qualitative and, and quantitative metrics in their annual reports, being very much transparent and uh, um, accountable for their sustainability impact. And the, the levers they can draw here is... Uh, I mean, it's about going back to looking at how far ahead are you thinking? It's about this long-term aspect uh, in a lot of it. Uh, what kind of value proposition are you bringing into this world? Is scalable for 10 billion people? Say, say that we are 10 billion people in 2050. Is your value proposition, does it sync with that kind of world or doesn't it? So looking a bit further ahead and uh, what kind of business models will accompany that kind of value proposition? And that's a lot about looking at uh, certification. For instance, you have things as a service. It could be anything like mobility as a service. Uber, for instance, that, that's mobility as a service thing. And so, and you have um, the digitalization, you can uh, leverage a lot here. And also circularity, which is this thing about the closed loop, loop system. And once you have those things in place, there are lots of levers, like we have Agile and scaling. Uh, how can we not just get more speed in our organization, but 
once you start looking at the supply chains and value chains and looking at new business models, it's also about uh, understanding what, who can we partner with um, because we, we might move from a completely different uh, value proposition that we had before and who have the strength to collaborate with us to create this new new thing that, that we want to, to do, if we want to go that far. And I do want to get to agility and scaling agility and, and how important that is in a few minutes. But just to kind of to, to wrap up this, this chapter, surely businesses cannot do this in isolation of the ecosystem that they're part of, whether that's the whole value chain in terms of vendors, uh, uh, suppliers or uh, consumers, but also government factors that goes to it and the support that they have. And yeah. So how much of that do you see like, kind of impacting, you know, allowing businesses to, to move more towards sustainable offerings or to be su- sustainable as a business? That, that is a very good question. I read a book recently called Freeing Energy. Uh, which is uh, exploring a lot about the energy transition happening today. We already have all the technology we need here, but there is a lot of uh, government regulatory uh, interventions in many countries because they are usually lobbied by a lot of these power supply companies that are seeing their their business model being disrupted by this new wave of uh, electrification and renewables. So. That is super important, of course, depending on what you want to do, of course, to to collaborate and be able to influence the decision makers uh, that are in the countries or in the US, in the EU, in Asia, wherever in the world we are, um, because the technology and uh, what new ways of working is going so much quicker than these old uh, old systems are keeping up with. So being there, being proactive is, uh, is very much important. I, I like to talk about partnerships on, of course, like you say, not, not just between uh, company and company, but company to academia, company to non-profit, company to um, like your regulatory bodies and uh, everything and it depends on what kind of uh, ambitions do you do you have this is i think where it might be just about the right time that we actually talk about organizational agility because it takes agility to be regenerative as a business or to actually continuously reinvent yourself and respond adequately to what's happening around you how much of organization agility goes into what you're suggesting and is that enough? It's an interesting question. Uh, we had some similar workshop around this and so- someone said, how could you make safe the scale agile framework for scaling it to the world? And then we have uh, proponents for uh, who don't really like the scale agile framework at all, like Dave Snowden talks a lot about it's not about scaling agile, it's about uh, decomposition to recombining uh, because you can't, in a complex adaptive system, you can't just scale uh, things because um, it changes so frequently and it's uh, completely different for every organization. How it com- how sustainability comes into this organizational agility, I think it's a lot about, I mean, there are so many concepts and principles that we can work with. Uh, imagine the from a lean perspective about the concept of flow, how we can get that flow in a sustainable value chain, for instance. Other things like collaboration, uh, 
there are so many of angels. Yeah. Yeah. What about because I think this is one area that hasn't been addressed enough, you know, at least from my observations. That is the collaboration with external vendors, and that's because of the nature of working with dependencies. And we talked earlier, right? We talked about that this is all about the connected parts of a of a larger system. So isn't it about the time that some of the enterprise level thinking from an agility standpoint needs to step up for that sustainability agenda to actually see the light? Because we need to collaborate more fluidly, we need to collaborate faster, and we need to accelerate those offerings with the external vendors, with with the, the, the entire value chain. So how much of that really goes into making this success for everyone? I'm thinking it's it's the same when I came into a telecom company and uh, they want they had started their scaled agile journey, but the team wasn't really agile to start with. So they, from my perspective, they started from, from the wrong way, and it, it's it's like the same thing if if we think from a holistic sustainability societal world uh, perspective. If you don't have an organization that already has some kind of uh, innovation maturity or agile maturity throughout the organization working cross organizationally having this being very adaptable very short uh, lead times between customer uh, needs and uh, customer outcomes uh, and and the value that goes between I, i think it will be tricky to be part of something bigger and more impactful if if you haven't done come to a basic uh, maturity level or um, somewhere around that to be part of um, the greater ecosystem. Yeah, the other area is, uh, it's around education. In enterprise agility, in you mentioned flow, like how can we make sure that we are educated when we're trying to bring our offerings, when we're trying to be a sustainable business? How can we ensure that we're continuously educated to be self-aware that we want to bring sustainability into the core of, of what we do, whether that's your backlogs or like portfolio, the epics, et cetera. So w- how much of that comes into the picture from your experience? That's a good question. I'm, I'm thinking from Accenture point of view, we have this sustainability quotient trainings, which are similar to technology quotient. So to help us with our proposals or when we already are clients, it's a lot about just being aware yourself to um, create that awareness with with the client uh, and your colleagues. Um, and that's about widening your perception of, of how the world works beyond agile. Uh, how, how does the circular system work? What What is regeneration really? Well, net positive, I heard that. But what does it mean? Um, and then also this suggestion about looking at the inner development goals um, because we have sustainable development goals 17 from the UN um, back from 2016 Uh, but there was an initiative started a few years back called the inner development goals and it's about understanding that everything that is happening in the world right now is largely impacted by human activity and if we go down deep into the psychology of humans what is it that uh, really uh, we can work with in our organization to to start from the root cause, so to speak. And it could be in the team, it could be in the organization that impacts uh, a lot of aspects of both agility and sustainability. And I can't remember the exact five core competencies that they mentioned, but there's a lot of parallels to agile as well. 
Amazing. This is a nice segue to the final chapter of this conversation, because I was thinking about the key stakeholders that comes into play, right? And we can't ignore the fact that leadership has a huge role to play in any business to enable sustainability. I want to hear from you and from your experience working with clients, how much of important role does the leadership play in enabling businesses to be sustainable? I really love this. I'm always thinking back to when you mentioned about the leadership having a huge impact, what Frederick Laloux mentions in reinventing organizations, that the leadership sets the consciousness of the organization. So I would say they have the impact of how the organization is run and uh, mandated. You can always have revolutions, <laughs> of course. But uh, I'm thinking a lot about my experience from from this with talking to C-suite and what we talked also about in the white paper, Uniting Technology and Sustainability, and this intention-action gap that the leaders really want to do a lot of good stuff. But they are having this gap to action because of the setup of their organization. They are usually restricted in the old structures of how things are. And sometimes they don't realize that they can do a lot about it. And it's also about understanding what incentives are there in the organization that is helping them or not. And here is a lot about the training we have. And I know you will talk to some great people behind it, like Berit and Kevin Brungat, about this concept of being agile, doing agile, and Berit talks a lot about being leadership and doing leadership. The doing leadership is a lot about how you're perceived, your behaviors, and the being is a lot about who you actually are, because you can always fake the behaviors, but going down deep into the emotional stuff. Uh, which Berit does a lot with our level one, two, threes, and she has 15,000 coaching hours uh, on this. She has a lot of experience. It's about going very much deep, down deep in the leadership of, of, of the clients to make them aware, uh, like we talked about before, of what, what they can actually do because they have so much power, but they, uh, sometimes they don't feel they have, have that mandate. And... Um, this concept about caring leadership is about to care for the organization. You first need to start caring about yourself yeah. and then you can get uh, rings on the water uh, to out towards the world from, yeah. from that point of view. I was listening to that and the thing that kind of jumped to my head is you have to believe in it, like the cause, like you have to understand that sustainability matters because it's for the planet, it's for cause the next generation, it's for us. And then that becomes infectious once you believe in it. You know, you're now you're influencing those around you, A, by believing in it and B, by your behavior and how that cascades to your teams. Do you have any, do any like names or profiles jump to your mind uh, when, it, when you think about sustainability leadership? Any books that you would recommend anyone who wants to kind of develop their capabilities in that space? There is actually a book called Sustainability Leadership. I think it was the CEO of Scania, the Swedish trucking vehicle company, uh, who wrote it. That was pretty pretty good, thinking a lot uh, more wider than usual. I mean, John Elkington, the godfather of sustainability, has a recent book called Green Swans, which is built a bit on uh, 
Nassim Nicholas Taleb's book Black Swans, but looking from a sustainability nice. perspective. Yeah. And uh, yeah, start with those. And uh, if you want more tips, uh, I'm an avid reader, so I can I can great recommendations. Bookshelf. We I think we came to the uh, end of um, this discussions. Any closing remarks from you, Mika? Please reach out. I'm always happy to explore. My thinking is uh, always evolving. And just during this exploration with you, Moad, uh, I have some new insights. So I'm just very pleased that you invited me. Thank you me. very much for thank joining you. us, Mika. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed that discussion. Uh, stay tuned for future Agile Amp episode. And until then, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Agile Amped. If you learn something new, please tell a friend, coworker, or client about this podcast. For more inspiring conversations, subscribe to Agile Amped on your favorite podcast app.